Well, today we're going to introduce a marriage ministry to this congregation. What we're going to do is stress the importance of marriage and how it functions and develop it and help you in your marriages. You might ask how Bev and I have come to this years and years ago. Bev and I, as many of you know, came from broken marriages and just ripped our hearts out as we went through that. God healed us, and I found Beverly. But that brought about the desire on our heart that nobody should have to go through that. That divorce, God hates, but it happens. 50% of marriages end, and guess what? It's the same stat in churches, and that's not what it should be. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's V-L-C-C-A-Z dot org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. I'm very excited about this morning. Uh, this is a church that believes in family. We believe in people. We believe in the lives of people. And we have been working diligently over the last, uh, probably last year, uh, uh, developing this ministry that we're about to introduce this morning. And so what I want you to do, without any further ado, I'd like you to welcome Pastor Ray and Pastor Bev as they come to share God's Word, share God's plan, to share God's purpose. Good morning. We're so glad you guys are here. We'll talk about that more, about how we came about this ministry and developed that. But uh, we want to reintroduce that into our congregation here and do what it takes to bring it. I want to read a biblical view of a health, healthy marriage. I really enjoy reading comments that our Christian fathers back about the time of Christ, right after he was on earth, and after his death, I've got this great book and this encyclopedia of thoughts from our Christian fathers. What did they think was going on right after Jesus had been here? And so a fellow by the name of Tertullian, who lived uh, between the years of 160 to 220 A.D., not long after Christ walked the earth. So what was the thought about marriage in those days? He said, how beautiful then the marriage of two Christians Two who, you, who are one in home, one in desire, one in the way of life they follow, one in the religion they practice. Nothing divides them, either in flesh or in spirit. They pray together, they worship together, they fast together, instructing one another, encouraging one another, strengthening one another. Side by side, they visit God's church and partake in God's banquet. 
side by side, they face difficulties and persecutions, share their consolations. They have no secrets one from another. They never shun each other's company. They never bring sorrow to each other's heart. Seeing this, Christ rejoices. To such as these, he gives his peace. Where these are two together, there also he is present. That pretty much encapsulates scriptural marriage, doesn't it? There are many scriptures that, are ta- that talk about our personal responsibility and character and personality and who we're to be. But also there are many, many scriptures about marriage all the way through scripture. So I want to read you one. It says, the Lord fashioned, uh, the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and the woman were both naked and were not ashamed. And as we know, that was in the following garden. Let's talk about the benefits of marriage. There's a lot of benefits to marriage. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Ray. <laughs> you will <laughs> Yeah, all right. You will never hear Bev and I in counseling with marriage and talking about marriage shy away from the subject. If nobody teaches on the sexual relationship, why not the church? It should be a sacred thing. We've even done a seminar on marriage on a sexual relations. Research was great. (laughs) Back to the notes. Okay, where was I? (laughs) You're down here. (laughs) Okay. The benefits of marriage are so, so important to understand. And I'm going to read you some of the benefits of marriage. And what's interesting, where I got this information from is from the government from social sciences, and um, it's interesting that they see the the, uh, benefits of marriage and what it's about. And so as I read these benefits, understand it comes from a secular source, but God knew this all along. There are benefits that are wonderful in marriage, and they're a good thing. In this study, there were benefits to men, women, husbands, and wives, and to children. And as we peruse these, understand that not only did they come from this government source, but it's obvious in Scripture that they bring this. For the husband, wife, and children, typically they are physically healthier, emotionally healthier, they live longer, they're wealthier, they have better relationships with their children, they're less likely to attempt or commit suicide, obviously it's less possible for them to contract STDs, diseases and risk of drugs and alcohol abuse are decreased. So there's benefits for all of them. For the wives particularly, they're less likely to be victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, and other violent crimes. 
they're less likely to remain uh, on or in poverty, uh, more satisfying personal relationships and uh, sexual relationships in marriage. in marriage. That's right. For husbands in marriage, increase in their stability with employment. They have higher wages. They're more satisfied personally in their relationships and their sexual relationships. Now, here's what's inter interesting to me. It is really interesting that happy marriages that children are part of, they are more likely to attend college, more likely to succeed academically. They uh, demonstrate less behavioral problems in school. They're less likely to be a victim of physical and sexual abuse, less likely to commit delinquent behaviors, have a better relationship with their mothers and fathers, decreases their chances of divorcing once they get married, less likely to become pregnant as teenagers or impregnate someone, less likely to be sex sex sexually active uh, as teenagers, and they're less likely to be, uh, to be raised in poverty for themselves. So the benefits, this is what the government says what happens in happy marriages. Well, we know all about that because we as believers live by the principles and the pillars of, of good character that you find in the scripture. It's no, uh, uh, no accident that these things happen. So we know that this all started in a garden. God took a man and a woman and put them together, and he told them to be fruitful and multiply. And then their sons and daughters down through time did the same thing. The Old Testament specifies how holy marriage was. And it goes from the Old Testament clear into the New Testament that where it says even the marriage bed should not be defiled. Well, one of my favorite scriptures is Ephesians 5, and it really starts a lot higher, but I'm just going to read the last little bit of that. Each indiv individual among you should also love his own wife as himself, and the wife must see that she respects her husband. Love and respect are the keys to a good marriage. Now, men and women are different. Surprise! <laughs> and we complement each other. Bring up the next slide there. Thank you. Now, when I say compliment, I don't mean they say nice things about each other. This is a different kind of compliment where they support each other. And we're supposed to be different. One person's strengths support another person's weaknesses. The founder of NAME is Dr. Leo Godzich, and he's no longer with us. He's in heaven. But he wrote a book entitled, Men Are From Dirt, Women Are From Men. <laughs> now think about that. That's really scriptural. <laughs> God created men from the dirt of the earth, and he breathed life into them. But God fashioned a woman from Adam's rib. God fashioned her. He fashioned the woman. Is it any wonder, women, that we love fashion? <laughs> God instilled that in us from creation. All right, all right. <laughs> well, we were created differently, and we have different attributes. Now, remember as I read this little list, these are tendencies. They're not stereotypes. They're not 
um, axiomatic that everybody does this the same way. But women are about details. We like to tell the whole story, what she said, how she did it, what she was wearing when she said it, where she went. Yeah, see? <laughs> Men are headlines. We met, we talked, we're done. <laughs> Men are about what they do, and women are about what they feel. So let me explain that. When two guys meet, Ray would go up to his friend and he'd say, Hi, I'm Ray Henry. And the man would respond with his name and, he, and Ray's next question would be, So what do you do? And they would have a conversation about their careers, about their positions, about what they do in life. When I meet someone, I walk up to them and I say, Hi, Jewel, how are you today? I want to know how she feels. I want to know what's going on in her heart. I don't care what she does for a living. We all know we work. But I want to know what's deep inside her. Women tend to be more emotional. Men tend to be more analytical. Now remember, these are tendencies. Men are usually physically stronger. Women usually a little less strong. But we're still strong, ladies. Women's brains tend to use intuition and emotion. Men's brains tend to use fact and logic. Now, before you think that that's a bad thing, if you bring those two things together, the way women think and the way men think, when you're in a decision-making in a marriage, that can be critical. And it can be really very profound because we bring an intuition and emotion to a situation that the man may not think of, but he brings the fact and logic that we may not be thinking of. And together, we can be strong. So as different as we are, as we were created to be, how do we make that work in marriage? Well, we're going to read a few of those attributes together. First one is submission. Now, I know this word gets a bad rap, and this is not about women being a, what do they call that? A, a doormat. No, that's not it. Scripture says we are to submit one to the other. What this means is we're to prefer the other person above ourselves. Philippians talks about that. Prefer one another. Give space to the other person. Give preference to their needs. Love is very important. Acting in a loving and generous way has tremendous impact on how your relationship will work. And it all involves of not keeping account of wrongs. We overlook, we love, we work with the other person. Respect. Remember I talked about love and respect? Well, our generation, our world we live in says, I'll give you respect when you earn it. That is not what God's word says. This man was made in the image of God. He deserves my respect. But scripture says that we are to respect one another. And when we respect our husbands, ladies, they are then free to become all they are supposed to be as God created them. And when they respect us, it allows us to be all we were created to be. And gossip. Oh, what a juicy, tender morsel when you eat it, and it's bitter when it gets in your gut. Speak well of your spouse at all times. Do not 
talk about them unless it's to say something good. Never expose their faults or their deeds. You want to promote that good image of your spouse because it benefits you. And you don't want to gossip about them. You want to speak well of them. Faith is very important. Believing that God is working in your marriage to grow it to what it's supposed to be. Now, when we say, okay, we want that to happen, but you have to believe that God is going to do that. Faith is critical to making your relationship work. However, understand it's not your job. Understand this. Get this. It's not your job to fix your spouse. Not Amen. your job. Whose job is it? God's God. job. If God is working in each individual life, then the marriage can begin to work. And you work on your own individual, whether it's working or not, because you don't care what they're doing in a sense. Get your act together and work on your own. I guarantee you, you've got plenty to work on by itself. <laughs> Forgiveness is very, very critical. It's something that we all struggle with, and it hampers our life, whether it's forgiveness of other people or circumstances. If you bring that to your marriage and you won't let things go with other people, other circumstances, jobs, situation, it'll, be, it'll create problems. But what's more important right here is you've got to forgive each other. And I know that every single day there's a lot of stuff Bev's got to lay down and say, okay, I forgive you, I forgive you. And we've got to do that with each other. Right. Let it go. Leave it alone. You've been give, forgiven for all kinds of stuff because of the Lord. Don't you think we ought to pass that on a little bit? <laughs> Communication. No partner should be a mind reader. That's right. Ladies, if you want flowers, say so. If you want to go out to dinner, speak up. <laughs> because you cannot blame your spouse if he doesn't do something when he didn't know he was supposed to do it. <laughs> so communicate your wants and your needs and your desires to each other. That works both ways. <laughs> and when he asks you where you want to go to dinner, say a place. Don't say, I don't care. Because then when you get there, you say, I really don't like this restaurant. <laughs> so be specific, too. Intimacy is extremely critical in a relationship. Caring for one another, being intimate with one another, spending time with each other. It's critical. Do not keep your, uh, yourself from your partner. Your body belongs to them and theirs to you. Intimacy is vital to the relationship. And understand, do not despise each other physically. You have to work on, cultivate, make that work. And finally, prayer. And this is probably the most important tool in your marriage. Keeping God at the center of relationship is key to your marriage. Prayer keeps you connected to each other, and it keeps you connected to God. There's a saying that you are intimate with the one you pray for, the one you pray with, and the one that you both pray to. And what that does is, as you can see, prayer brings us closer together, and as we get closer to God, we get closer together as a couple. Amen. All this um, 
All these things make good sense. They are purposeful in what we do. But we hit bumps in the road. Sometimes it gets really nuts, and there's potholes, and there's things that we're trying to work our way through. But sometimes when we hit these bumps, we need some spiritual guidance. We need some spiritual counsel, possibly. And so what we're trying to do when we talk about the marriage counseling, remember, you don't talk with anybody else about this, but somebody you, sometimes you just need somebody that you can trust. It's not your best friend. It is not your parents. It is not anybody else except you talk with them, but if you need to step into counseling like we're going to talk about and offer, we will sit down in a confidential way, try to help you work through those things. It might involve things like a marital tune-up or uh, blended marriages. What do you do? Communication issues, resolving differences, uh, maybe uh, premarital counseling if you're getting ready to get married. Talk about financial issues. What about raising kids? What about empty nest when all the kids leave? How does the family work? How does the marriage particularly work? So today we're launching a new marriage ministry here at VLCC. Along with some ongoing marriage events that we're going to do every quarter at least where we're going to get together as married couples and have a, have a little teaching, have some fun, some do, do a date night, which is what we were talking about on the 10th, was it? This coming, the 16th that's coming up. And so uh, be sure and sign up for that. We're going to get together and help you cultivate your relationships. NAME uh, was established a little over 20 years ago, and it stands for the National Association of Marriage Enhancement. Bev mentioned Leo, Dr. Leo Gossage a while ago, who put this together, a fantastic uh, marriage minister. And what he did was he said, we're not going to do psychological counseling. We're going to do what's called nathetic counseling. That's just a fancy word for biblical so we're going to do things based on Scripture when we sit down. What better way to establish a marriage from the maker of marriage? And we're going to use Scripture to help that work. And as I mentioned earlier, Scripture is filled with things about marriage. If you want to learn how to communicate with your mate, read the Proverbs, because it's very specific on how we are to talk to one another. Now, what, na what name does is that they certify marriage counselors. And counselors are taking, taken through a 12-week course. And in the 12 weeks, each session is a couple of hours long. There are tests. They have to have a, a, a reference from the senior pastor. Uh, they have to take uh, tests. And so to become this, they have to go through a process. And obviously, we have prayed over the people that would do such things, and we have come up with some people that are going to be doing this. People that go through this program, once they successfully do that, become what are called Certified Marriage Specialists, CMSs. Beverly and I went through this process quite a few years ago and became CMSs, uh, Certified Marriage Specialists, and then we became Certified Marriage Directors, which oversee other counselors. And um, you have to understand that all of this is under the oversight locally of our senior pastor. So it's not under name at that level. It all comes down to the responsibility of our senior pastor who oversees this. 
Over the years, Beverly and I have trained several CMSs, and uh, these couples have, uh, received, have uh, gone on to do many things in marriage counseling. Recently, we've taken three couples from VLCC through the NAME program, and they have become CMSs. They are Bill and Eula Weaver, Dan and Loria Hute, and Justin and Sherelle Wolf. And of course, Bev and I will be involved in this. So that in these marriages, this constitutes 137 years of marriage experience. That's a lot of experience. We gave, uh, let's uh, have all of you guys come up here. Woo! <laughs> the boy cleans up nice. <laughs> We gave each of these couples a topic to talk on today, and we gave them each five minutes. Now so your note says only five minutes. Only five minutes. <laughs> that stops the five minutes. So I'm going to take the mic away if you're not ready. So I, but anyway, they're going to take about five minutes, and they're going to talk on three of the most common reasons that marriages end in divorce. And the three, three top three... The top three are communication, intimacy, and finances. And so, first, we're going to be Dan and Loria. Dan and Loria have been involved in counseling couples in, on multiple occasions over the years. They have been married 43 years this Thursday. And they have been educators in, public, in the public school arena for many years, in marriage, uh, and uh, super, they've also been superintendent of schools and in nursing programs for many years. They're going to give us examples and necessity of good communication. Cody, do you want me to use the mic? Oh, hang on. Sorry. Oh, hang on. Sorry, I know I should say this every day, but you are truly beautiful. Can you back that up just a second? So we got communication, I got five minutes, we're gonna talk fast. So I wanted to talk about this commercial. Every time I see it, I think it's a perfect example. What do you want me to use? This or this? This, um, of communication and the opportunities that we have. So I want you to think about this commercial, not a Toyota commercial, but the opportunity for the communication that probably got missed. So go ahead. Oh, hang on. Sorry, I know I should say this every day, but you are truly beautiful. Just stunning in every possible way. Are you talking to me or the Camry? I feel there's a right answer here. I'm trying to read you. Watch your toes. <laughs> I think there's a right answer here. <laughs> what an opportunity. Both of them with communication could have changed that whole situation. 
So, so today, I thought I was thinking about today. Today is one of the great dividers in marriages, and I'm going to say this bluntly. But husbands, if you allow your wives not to be communicating with you during the Super Bowl, if you're going to watch it, they're going to stand in front of the TV, right? Sometimes those divide us. So anyway, so let's talk about it. Ray introduced some stuff about communication. So here's, here's, a, here's a nugget for you. Communication is a mortar that holds a relationship together. If it breaks down, the relationship will crumble. When spouses no longer communicate, the marriage is not being nurtured, and it's no longer a marriage. It's living singles. You there? So we are called together. There it is. You're there. Um, in a spiritual realm, I saw this, and I loved it. It says, just as faith dies when we refuse to communicate with the Heavenly Father, so will marriage die when we refuse to communicate with each other. I like that. So there are different avenues of communication. Can you guys all agree with me on that? We have this kind of communication. You guys all know what I, I mean. Why is it the men that are doing this? We also have what the wives call, I'm going to give them the silent treatment. How many of you have heard that? Come on. How many of you have done it? <laughs> you know, the problem with the silent treatment is communications ended. And then you go back to the breakdown of the marriage because there's no communication. The other ones are we have things that we communicate informally. Hey, how's your day going? Husband comes home, wife comes home, kids come home. How's your day going? Just informal communications that take place every day, right? Then we have administrative, what we call administrative communication, uh, which is something that's got to get done. I get a call, hey, Alice is sick today at school. Can you go pick her up? Hey, we need to get these kinds of groceries. Can you go pick up some milk? Those are things that happen that are there that are kind of like an administrative meeting. You got to go. You got to do something with that, correct? Right? How many of you got one of those administrative meeting calls, you know, before? I mean, all of us have. We get those, you know. Uh, the other type we have are challenges of communication. And, and this is the one that we all love because that's the one that we deal with. So every relationship has its ups and downs, right? We just talked about the bumpy roads. In 1 Corinthians 7.28, it says, But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. I'm reading yours, honey. That's okay. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> you want to pick up? Sure, on and my point was that we have to talk about these things. Even if they're uncomfortable, when the troubles come, we've got to talk about them or that communication stops. And to think that we're not going to have troubles, we're only fooling ourselves. Only, only. So we need to be able to talk about things. We need to find a foundation where we can talk and be safe and communicate with each other in the midst of the troubles that we're going through. Fifth part of communication that we looked at that I thought was really good is being proactive. How many of us are proactive? So proactive in your communication, talking about 
things that are good, what our dreams, what our hopes are. Where do we want to go? What do we want to do? I just recently, with Dan, needed to talk to him about some changes I wanted to do in my schedule, and he was busy. And I said, so we had made these plans together. So I sat down face to face and said, when you get a chance, let's talk. He put what he was doing, and he was able to, he put it aside. I needed eye-to-eye conversation, and I said to him, this is what I'm thinking. So I had that communication with them proactively because I could have done it a whole lot different, ladies, right? I could have just done it and said, oh, by the way. And he would have said, you didn't tell me that. Anybody ever do that? (laughs) Yeah, I told you that, but you were watching the Super Bowl. Okay. (laughs) 30 seconds? Really? Okay. (laughs) So. So real quickly. Those of you that have been married or those of you that are dating right now or thinking about that, how often do you communicate? Remember back when, before you were married, how often did you communicate with your spouse? I was on the phone every day with Loria talking about our dreams before we were married. We knew more about each other before we got married and discovered more after we got married. But, you know, that's that communication aspect. So we have all of those to deal with. So we're going to skip down quite a bit. So I've got three items I brought with me here. I call these the three T's, toothpaste, toilet paper, and towels. And the reason I brought these is kind of as a joke, but these are little foxes. You understand that? Uh, So does the toilet paper roll over the top or underneath? How many of you say over? How many of you say under? And how many say, I don't don't care? care? That was me. I don't care. Okay. Toothpaste, do you just squish it or do you roll it? Okay. I don't care. And towels, how do you fold towels? Do you fold them in the schoolroom? Do you fold them by uh, hamburger style? Or So I say all of that because you guys are all laughing because you know where I'm going with this is that if these are little foxes, and it talks about little foxes in the Song of Solomon. And it steals. It comes and steals things. Steals joy. And we can have arguments over a t- tube of toothpaste. Would you quit squeezing it? Roll it up. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it sounds stupid. I don't stupid, care. But the problem is, if you get enough little foxes, it'll kill it. It'll kill your marriage. And even though we laugh about them now. We're laughing about them now because we all know what we're talking about. So here's some things here. Different perspectives. And then we're going to turn it over to somebody else. These may provide you... you got to talk about these things. They may sound funny. But how we squeeze the toothpaste tube. How we put the toilet paper roll on. How we fold the towels. How about how we set the table. How we drive. How about how we discipline our children? How we spend time together? Now let's talk about how we spend our money. Oh, and how we share intimacy. Those are things you've got to know answers to, folks. Because if you don't, they can create problems. Thank you.
pretty close. Especially that driving thing. Yeah. That was a lot of button pushing there. They're turning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Justin and Sherelle Wolf have been faithful to the Lord for many years. They have been married for 25 years. They've raised two sons. Woo! Woo! And they operate a thriving local business. They're going, they're going to come and talk to us about finances and the importance of that in your marriage. Thank you. Thank you. So money and marriage... Money and marriage, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> but it is very important. It's a, it's a huge topic. It's, uh, it's something that uh, we struggled with uh, different times of our lives um, from the beginning of our marriage. And you, you have issues come up from time to time throughout your marriage. Um, and like... <clears throat> they were saying communication is the is the key that uh, in all these areas that you, once you learn to communicate about these things, you know it <clears throat> it gets easier and easier. Um, but there are still times in your marriage where where these things are going to arise and and cause some difficulties. Um, we learned as a young couple we got married. When we were a little bit older, 28 and uh, 26, and uh, we were we were on our own, uh, you know, financially, um, doing our own things. So when we came together, it was a uh, it was a huge learning curve, and uh, so especially for me. <laughs> so um, the only thing I knew to do with finances and marriage is just add her to the checking account. <laughs> and I thought that was great, you know, until she started writing checks. <laughs> and uh, that's where the problem came in. No, but, uh, um, but you know, we learned very quick that uh, you've got to be on the same page uh, with your finances. Uh, if, if you're not, and you know, the Bible says once we're married, we become one. Uh, and that's in, that's in these areas too, finances and, and everything. <clears throat> and there was even a point in our, in our marriage where we said, okay, that's it. We're going to have separate everything. Uh, these are your bills. These are my bills. We've got separate checking account. And that lasted about <laughs> three minutes. Yeah. Maybe a Not month. Long. You know that first uh, that first go round, and uh, so we went and uh, we discovered um, Dave Ramsey's course right. along the way, um, and uh, that was that was beneficial. Um, we actually started with just his book. We didn't have the uh, course to go to. We ordered the book and uh, uh, found it by a fluke on the radio, and we. Uh, we ordered it, read it, and really learned a lot. Um, but uh, being on the same page, uh, you've got to, if you're not, you know, the stress that it can cause within a marriage uh, is, it can be devastating. Um, the, uh, the other aspect of it is it gives the enemy a foothold. 
into your marriage. It gives him a, you know, a, a crack where he can, he can divide. And um, so uh, the Bible, you know, teaches more on finances than a lot of things. And, and uh, so, you know, really apply those things to your, to your financial life. Um, whether, whether you're a young couple, whether you're an older couple, um, it doesn't matter uh, when these things can come up. Uh, you know, um, we think, I think anyway, automatically, when you're a young married couple that these problems happen. But I've seen, I've seen older couples have, you know, struggles, retirement issues, um, you know, uh, these types of things, they're, they're going to arise, and you've got to build a foundation of discussing these things um, early on, and uh, they will, you know, they'll, they'll cover everything from your household bills in a beginning marriage to household problems. Uh, you know, the, the dryer went out, the refrigerator went out. How are we going to cover that, you know? Uh, th these things really should be discussed and planned for before they happen. But, uh, but we get caught up in, in daily life, and, and uh, sometimes we, we don't. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the other aspects of the uh, separate money deal we wrote down in, you know, Things can come up with, with having separate money, problems such as secretly storing cash from each other. <laughs> you know, um, disagreements about, well, this is my bill and that's your bill. You were supposed to buy the groceries, you know, blah, 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 blah. No, it's we. We're one. These things are, are uh, you know, that's what we have to... That's what we have to accomplish. So, um, you know, last week, Pastor Tim, he said uh, that finances uh, can uh, could destroy your faith. And uh, if they can do that, they can certainly destroy a marriage as well. So um, we, uh, we learned so much with... Uh, with finances, we used to have every Thursday night. We used to have what was called Bill Night. <laughs> there we go. So, ladies, when you're coming together with your husband and you've like we had maintained separate households for a few years. Don't be surprised if they think the only thing the refrigerator is for is for Budweiser and Butte. For any of you who don't know what Butte is, that's horse medicine, which is important too, but you do have to have other things in there, things that are actually nutritional. Um, so, you know, there's going to be little things like that that you're going to have to work through. Um, yeah, communicating. We can't eat butte, darling. Um, you know, distinguishing needs versus wants and impulsive buys versus just nice to have. And I recommend 
in our church here, we are blessed to have Vince and Beth Summers who do the uh, financial peace course. If, can you guys stand up? I'm not sure when the next course is that they're, that they're going to offer, but anyone and everyone, no matter if you're newly married, thinking about getting married, or have been married for 25 years, uh, needs to go through this course because it will help you um, in so many ways. It will help you understand how you're different from each other, um, how you think about money, how maybe how you've been raised has caused you to abuse money. And uh, once you go through this course and you've, you've set up, you know, not only getting a budget and learning about yourself, um, but then money can turn into a blessing. You know, it doesn't have to be something that you strive to get, strive to keep, hoard, be miserly with. Um, it can turn into um, a big blessing, a big part of your life as well. So I think that's all we had to say about Hello. One thing going back to the, um, the bill night that we had, if there was one good thing that came out of that that we learned is no matter what our bills were that week or month, um, we learned that God provided. Sometimes it was almost to the exact penny of what our budget was. And it was incredible, and it was, it was uh, one of those things where we learn to trust in the Lord. And uh, so that was, that was probably the only good thing that came out of Bill Knight. <laughs> so anyway, thank you. Bill and Eula Weaver have been doing marriage counseling over the years. And uh, they went through the name program many years ago and became CMSs then. They have been married for 45 years this May. And we forgot to add, they have four children, uh, one of which is a pastor in the valley. So, so they're going to they're gonna share some thoughts about intimacy. First thing I got to say, though, is I got in trouble the first week we were married because I put the butter on the wrong shelf. <laughs> Just saying. We needed more in the refrigerator, you know. Yeah. Ashley, uh, I'm really, I, I'm a little nervous today because we got assigned intimacy, you know. So if you have any young children in here, you might want to leave because we're going to talk about sex. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. We're going to talk about intimacy. No, 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 no. We're going to talk about intimacy. That's what I said. So we're going to talk about sex today. So no, you guys, I know the... No, no, no. We're going to talk about intimacy in relationship. Oh, relations. Relationship. Shit. Oh, relationship. Oh, okay. So it was... All right. You, honey... Hey, I'm really glad because I was concerned about talking to a whole audience of adults about the sex talk. You know. Okay, we're gonna get started here. I was, I was, I was really nervous. You know. Boy, I'm happy now. Okay. Okay. So we are going to actually talk about relationship because intimacy is a big part of that, and I think the world doesn't understand relationship. They don't understand intimacy. They don't understand any of that. 
And with divorce rate as high as it is in the church, it makes you wonder, you know, does the church really understand what it is? Obviously, we don't really, or we wouldn't be having marriage problems, would we? Just a thought throw out there. So we're going to talk about relationship. Well, I want to thank Pastor Ray and Bev for introducing our topic this morning. Uh, <laughs> so um, I've heard from a local pastor that when God wants to get a point across, sometimes he says it more than once. So relationship really is the most important part of marriage. Relationship with God, relationship with each other. A godly relationship is based on covenant. And let's define covenant for a minute. It is an agreement, an arrangement, a pledge, understanding, promise, bond, a guarantee. It's all those things. It's not just a contract. What the world thinks. Godly covenants involve the shedding of blood. This is true in the marriage covenant when a man and woman become one flesh. And we'll go back to Genesis 2, 23 and 24. It said, the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken from man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Covenant living means death to self. And in order for one flesh relationship to grow, we must honor and esteem the needs of our covenant partner more than our own interests. So Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the other. So, so that's the church's perspective, or should be the church's perspective. The world's perspective is, is like that movie where the seagulls are all flying around, they're going, mine, 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 Say that again. Mine, 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 mine. All right, you got it. So that's what you don't want to do in covenant relationship. Amen? All right, I just want to make sure you understand that clearly. So God's original plan included unity of purpose, unity of direction, and unity of spirit. God's plan to, for a marriage relationship was interrupted by man's fall. Jesus came to restore man's back, mankind back to the original covenant, the original covenant relationship with God that Adam and Eve had lost when, that, when they fell. In fact, in God's original plan, divorce was not an option. Amen? So and we'll explain that in a little bit about why that is so important. Some of you may think, divorce is not an option? Well, it wasn't originally, and we'll tell you why. Only in Jesus can we receive all that God has planned for marriage because Jesus is the only one who, was purchased, who has purchased back for us that which Adam and Eve lost when they fell in the garden. There cannot be complete unity of spirit, soul, and body 
apart from Jesus' redemption. What does a covenant relationship look like? Well, a covenant relationship includes intimacy. Now, before you get the wrong idea about intimacy, you know what I mean. Consider intimacy as into me see. Transparency is the other word that I like very much for intimacy. Our relationship with God needs to be transparent. We want to have an intimate relationship, but it needs to be transparent to the point where we're not thinking we can hide anything from God. We can't. Our relationship with each other needs to be the intimate type of relationship that's transparent, where we're not thinking we can hide something from our spouse or the other person. Because really, in a Christian relationship, be sure your sins will find you out. Amen? So that's why we end up having the councils, because people think they can do that. So we can't do that. We have to be transparent, and we have to have the right type and understanding of intimacy. Before they sinned, Adam and Eve were unified in spirit, soul, and body. They understood each other completely, not just speaking the same language, but they were transparent in spirit, transparent in soul, transparent in body, and free to themselves, excuse me, and free to be themselves openly and honestly. In Christ, our one flesh covenant relationship should have that same intimacy. So we're going to talk a little bit about intimate transparency and what are all those components. There's a lot of them. So this is including but not limited to. Spiritual intimacy. It includes praying together and coming into agreement with God and each other regarding God's direction and life's decisions. It also includes worshiping together, which we do all the time. It's really cool. And discussing spiritual things. Read your Bible together. Do a Bible study together. Talk about what's going on spiritually in your life and encourage what's going on spiritually in your spouse's life. Now, soul intimacy involves our mind, our will, and our emotions. It includes things like having a joint checking account, fellowshipping together, living together in unity, doing things together that both enjoy. We love to go fishing. Even I like to go fishing. I can bait my own hook and everything. Joint vacations. Clean the fish. Yeah. Do, even doing things together that maybe only one of you are truly interested in, but because you love your spouse and you want to live together in unity, you're going to do that and give them that time that they so deserve. Living together in love and respect. Ephesians 5.33 says, However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Physical intimacy is more than just sex. Who knows your spouse's love language? Not very many. Do you look for ways to love your spouse through their love language? Find out what it is. There's a great book out there. You can read it. It's called The Five Love Language by Gary Chapman. 
find out what love looks like to your spouse. We, we said a long time ago, love means tomato soup to him and chicken noodle to me. That's right. Chick Amen. Tomato. tomato, come on. All right. All right, we digress. All right, back to Adam and Eve for a moment. Because of their sin, Adam and Eve covered themselves from each other for the first time in the garden because they had sinned. It is interesting to note that the word self is used for the first time in Scripture after Adam and Eve sinned. Get the point there? Before that, self was unimportant in the garden. Once Adam and Eve broke their covenant relationship with God, their hearts were turned inward. Fulfillment of self became more important than ministering to each other. And we suffer from that issue today. The biggest issue today we have, in fact, in my mind. Uh, where was I? Couples today often fail to recognize that God must be the very foundation and center of their relationship with each other. It's a three-stranded cord. Couldn't think of the word. Adam and Eve became confused as to who their enemy was, as couples do today, and couples today are still tricked by Satan into thinking their spouse is the enemy. We are born with selfish, inward-turned natures. When we are born again, God's nature should and does become our nature. Only in Jesus can our covenant marriage relationship be everything God intended it to be. When we have God's vision for marriage and can effectively use the principles of his word in our daily lives, our home becomes that sanctuary of peace that we deserve. So if that rings home to you, rings true to you, and whatever issues you're having in your relationship, this is how it needs to fall. First, we need to line up with God. We need to be sure we have covenant. We have intimacy with him, have intimacy with each other. Then can we have a relationship that makes sense in God's eyes where we can love each other, take care of each other, and be the Christian marriage that we need to be, the Christian church we need to be, and let that flow out into our community so we can actually have an impact on what's going on in so many lives, marriages in our community that are falling apart every day. First, second, third, divorces. But this is why divorce was never in God's plan until Adam and Eve sinned. Didn't need to be. God's plan was that we would be husband and wife perpetually, <laughs> indefinitely, forever. And I still think that that's his plan. If we really love each other, we need to work that plan and make sure that it works out right. Amen? In time, if you feel, I want to thank them. They just did a great job, didn't they? We're talking about something. In time, if you feel like that you would like to talk to Bever, me, Bill, or Eula, Bill and Eula, uh, Dan and Loria, Justin and Sherelle, you can contact Bever, I, or any of them, and we will get things processed with you. Understand, for a number of different reasons, we will make counseling available only to members of VLCC. All counseling will be done on a 
couple-to-couple basis, the couple who desires counseling must be the ones who actually request the counseling. In other words, don't say, would you get in touch with so-and-so? They need to come to us. (laughs) Counseling also is not going to be an ongoing thing. It may take one, two, or three, maybe up to five. But quite frankly, if you're not going to do what the Scripture is saying, we're going to stop. When we were originally trained, um, a pastor told me, she said, you'll have two kinds of people who come for counseling. The ones who want to learn and follow God's word and the ones who are just going to do whatever they want to do anyway. And that we have found to be very true. The people that want to learn God's way and learn God's word and walk in it are the ones that will succeed. And then you don't need 52 sessions. Five or six tops will be enough. Okay, so this is presented to you this morning for your benefit. Take advantage of it. Live in faith with each other and do well in your marriages. So thank you. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.